All right, so this morning, it is Mother's Day, and we are thankful that we have so many mothers, so many people that have influence in our lives, like Susie was saying earlier, and, and that is something that, that, we all, that we've hopefully all had good experiences with. But even if you didn't have a good experience or your mother is no longer with us, we can be appreciating mothers, all mothers, and be appreciating um, how we can be influencing the kids and be a blessing to them. And so, uh, and as we, especially as we're in this series called Commissioned, and we're looking at how we are commissioned by Jesus, as followers of Jesus, we're commissioned to do His mission. And what is His mission? His mission is to reach people with the good news of, of Jesus, to reach people with, to seek and save the lost, to let people know if there is hope in Jesus alone. There's salvation in Him. And so that's God's mission. And, and, and Micah Ward a few weeks ago talked to us about embracing God's mission and how it is eternal and how it is, uh, has magnitude and it, it has a vision and diversity. And His vision is for eternity for all people. And then we looked at, we've been looking at different passages of the Great Commission. And I know mostly we think of the Great Commission being in the end of Matthew, but it's also in Mark and Luke and John and in the beginning of Acts. And so we're looking at each of these. And we've seen so far in, in Mark that the Great Commission was that Jesus' followers were commissioned to proclaim, to proclaim the good news of salvation, the, the good news of, of the gospel message and to proclaim it to everyone, and that salvation is for all people. And we saw that our, our main idea that day was our commission is to proclaim the good news of salvation to everyone. So that is one thing that we are all commissioned to do. If you are a believer of Jesus Christ, if you are a follower of Jesus, then we are commissioned to go and tell people about Jesus and His saving grace. And then last week we looked at the Great Commission passage in Matthew, and we saw that in Matthew, Jesus' followers are commissioned to make disciples of all nations and baptizing them and teaching them. And so our main idea was that our commission is to go make, go make disciples of Jesus wherever we are. So not, not just that we need to go places, but wherever we are, let's make disciples. Let's teach people about Jesus. Let's show them the good news Tell them but that it's not just come to Jesus and that's it. It's then baptize them. It's teach them. It's go through this process of discipleship. With, with Jesus and his disciples, that was a, a, about a three-year process. But they weren't complete. They, they needed still to be, have the guidance of the Holy Spirit. And that's what we're going to look at today. And so today we're going to be looking at the book of Luke. Of course, my favorite. That's right, <laughs> yeah. And so Luke wrote, it, Luke wrote kind of with the emphasis of salvation for everyone. And, and this emphasis that, that Jesus is the Messiah, and we saw even in the birth story of Jesus in Luke 2, how the angels proclaimed that, that today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you, and He is the Messiah, the Lord. So this Messiah, this Jesus, He's going to bring salvation he brings salvation to all people that trust Him, that put their life in Him. And so that is why we can have great hope and joy and peace because of 
Jesus. Because this Messiah that was promised throughout the whole Old Testament, and these people were waiting and waiting and waiting for this Messiah to come. And now there's this proclamation from the angels that the Messiah is born. And so Luke starts with that. Well, he starts with the genealogy, but then he starts with that. And then, he, and then from there, he goes into showing about who is salvation for and how do, how do people come to Jesus. And, and that Jesus, this Messiah wasn't just for the best. He wasn't just for the people that were the healthy, but the sick. The Messiah didn't come just to help the people that had all their life figured out and that was worthy of receiving Jesus, that was, was worthy. But no, it was for every person, the lost and he talks a lot about uh, the, the outcasts of society and how the Messiah came to save all people, not just the ones that had it together. And in Luke 19.10, kind of the key verse says, for the, for the Son of Man came to seek and save the lost. So Jesus came to seek and save. He went out, he went, he, he sought after the people. The, the people that were lost. And he went, his mission was to seek and to save them. And we see this all through Luke and through all the Gospels, that, that Jesus was going in and having personal encounters with people and touching lepers and, and doing all these things that people didn't think were okay. But Jesus did it. He went to seek and save them and have them come to salvation through his death alone on the cross. And so we're going to be looking at the, the passage in Luke today the Great Commission passage, it's in the end of Luke, in Luke 24, and we're going to be reading, just like we read last week, the end of Matthew. Now we're going to be looking at the end of Luke. And so open your Bibles or look on, pay attention on the screens to Luke 24, and we're going to be starting in verse 44. But Luke 24, is, it, gives kind of, it gives the resurrection account. Jesus had been, had been dead, buried in the grave, and then was alive, miraculously. He was... He came back to life, and we have our hope in Jesus. And then we see right after that that the disciples, so there were some disciples that were leaving, and they were on their road to Emmaus going home, very discouraged, and Jesus was there with them and talking to them and opening up, opening up their minds to the Scripture and how Jesus fulfilled the Scripture. And then finally, when he broke the bread, they realized, wow, this is Jesus, and he was gone. And then there's some other encounters that Jesus comes to his disciples and, and shows them and reveals himself to them. So we're going to kind of pick it up after all this. And this is how the book of Luke comes to a close. Now, what's, what's neat about Luke, as opposed to the other Gospels, is that Luke didn't finish his Gospel and be done. I mean, Matthew and Mark, they didn't write anything else. Now, John, he did write some letters and then the end of the Bible, Revelation. But Luke continued what happens with, with the disciples. Now that after Jesus sends, sends them out to be apostles. And so we're in, in the book of Acts, it's all about what happens after Jesus left, after Jesus ascended. And so that's not for today, but that is written also by Luke. So at the end of Luke, in verse 44 of the last chapter, 20, uh, 24 verse 44, Jesus said to them, This is what I told you while I was still with you. Everything must be fulfilled that is written about me in the law of Moses and the prophets and in the Psalms. So here, Jesus is saying the whole Old Testament, that's kind of a way of saying that all the scripture that you know up until right now 
He's saying, what was fulfilled about the Messiah is me. I did all those things. The law of Moses, the prophets, the Psalms, all those things, that's me, the Messiah. And then it says in verse 45, he opened up their minds so they could understand the scriptures. He opened up their minds. And and then he told them, this is what's written. The Messiah will suffer and rise from the dead on the third day, and the repentance and forgiveness of sins will be preached in his name to all nations, beginning at Jerusalem. You are my witnesses of these things. And we'll stop there. And we'll look at this. So, so there's, there's Jesus, first of all, is talking to these disciples. He's talking to these, these followers of, of his followers. And he, he's, he lets them know, first of all, that the whole Old Testament points to him. And, and then he, he lets them know about these, these scriptures that not just point to him, that he fulfilled, but that, that even though the Romans had it figured out that Jesus was going to rise from the dead on the third day, I mean, they went, to Jesus, they went to Pilate saying, you know, the disciples might steal his body because he said he was going to come back on the third day. Somehow the disciples forgot that or just didn't believe it or whatever, even though Jesus told them lots of times. But here, Jesus is showing them, remember what I said? I was going to come back on the third day. On the third day, I was going to rise from the dead. And so he's reminding them this. And then he wants them to preach the gospel. He wants them to go out to all nations and preach forgiveness and repentance. He wants them to show what he was all about. Forgiving people and repenting and coming to Jesus. But before they could do all that, they needed to understand. And this key part here in verse 45, where it says, or in, in 44, no, I was right. In 45, it says, then he opened their minds so they could understand the scriptures. So this power, Jesus has this power to open up their minds to understand the scriptures. And that's our first point today, is that, is that follower, Jesus' followers are commissioned with his power, to have his power to realize this gospel message to open Jesus opens up our minds so we can understand his true message of salvation. So once we understand, once we realize it, it's not our own realizing, it's the power of Jesus. The spirit of Jesus gives us this realization, gives us this understanding that we know what the gospel is. It doesn't come to us just like, oh yeah, we figured it out. No, all of us that believe in Jesus it came because Jesus, or the Spirit of Jesus, gave us this realization. And then it clicked. For many of us, it clicked. Wow. And, and that's what happened here in the, in the, to the disciples. It clicked. They're like, oh, now I understand. I understand all these things. Oh, Jesus fulfilled this. So first, as in his power, we are to realize that the good news of salvation. Realize this gospel message. And then we can proclaim it. And we can make disciples of all nations. We can go and baptize people and teach them to obey. So it all goes together. But first, it's that we are realizing that, that Jesus gives us that understanding. And that's his power. He's giving us that understanding. And so that we, then we can go and preach the gospel. And we can go tell people about the gospel because we realize the truth of it. You know, 
In Luke, only two times it talks about the gospel. It doesn't even say it in this passage. It talks about the gospel as proclaiming, it talks about it as, as repentance and forgiveness of sins. But the gospel word that was used in different places in the New Testament, that, me, that is only mentioned twice in, in Luke, and both times it was referring to preaching or proclaiming the gospel. And that's what Jesus was doing, proclaiming the gospel. And so that's what he wants his disciples to do too. Realize the message of the gospel only because I'm letting you have the power to realize and understand it and then go and tell people about it. But don't try to tell people without understanding it fully yourself. And that doesn't mean don't say anything to anybody because you don't have every detail of the theology figured out. No, that's not what I'm saying. What I'm trying to say is Jesus wants us to realize that we understand the gospel because of him and what he did. And because we have that knowledge, then we can go share that with people. And we don't need to be afraid of what they might say. That's not our job. Our job is to go proclaim it and to to make disciples and to show people what, what the gospel is. And Jesus gives us that power to understand that saving grace. In John 15, verse 5, Jesus said, I am the vine and you are the branches, and whoever abides in me and I in him, he bears much fruit, for apart from me you can do nothing. So Jesus is saying, remain in me. He says, be all in with me, and then you're going to bear fruit. It's not about you bearing fruit. It's about me producing the fruit to others in you. But he says there at the end, apart from me, you can do nothing. So let's not try to do something without Jesus. It's not on our own. It's with Jesus, with his power that he gives us. And so first we see that we're commissioned as followers of Jesus with his power as we realize the gospel. And then let's look at the next verse here. In verse 49, Jesus continued by telling his followers, I'm going to send to you what my Father has promised, but stay in the city until you have been clothed with power from on high. So he says, I'm going to send to you, he says, what the Father has promised. So what has the Father promised? Now Jesus talks about it several times before this moment, he talks about his, he's going to send the Spirit, His Spirit, to them. So when Jesus leaves, that they have His Spirit with them. And Jesus even says that it's better for Him to go so that His Spirit can be with them. Do we believe that? It's better that Jesus is not with us physically because His Spirit is. Sometimes I think, sometimes I forget that. Sometimes I'm just like, I wish Jesus was just like physically here. We could just talk. And that, you know, no, his, his spirit is with each of us that believe and that have put our life in Jesus' hands. We have his spirit. And, and so he says, he says that we, he's going to send this spirit. He doesn't, he doesn't say what it is yet. He says he's going to send what the Father has promised. And you, you will be clothed with power from on high. So there's this power that's on high that's coming from God. This power that each of you are going to receive. 
each of you are going to get. Now, it's not a promise. It's, it's, it's a promise, but it's not this power that we can, if we get enough, if we go to church enough, we're going to get this power. It's not this power that we're going to get if we uh, memorize all these verses. If we tell enough people about Jesus, then we'll finally get his power. No, it's a gift. It's a promised gift of the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of Jesus that's coming to each person. And at that time, they didn't know how long it was going to take. Jesus says to wait. He says here, wait or stay in the city until you've been clothed with power on high. So even though they're excited, they want to go tell everybody about Jesus and they want to go say, hey, Jesus is alive. Jesus says, wait. He says, stay together and wait until you have the power of my spirit to do that. Wait. And I know sometimes waiting, actually, I'll just say this, not sometimes. Almost every time, waiting is not easy. I mean, who wants to wait for anything? I mean, I don't even heat up my food more than like a minute and a half because I don't want to wait too long because I I want to eat it now. (laughs) You know, we, we like to have things right away. And Jesus wants us to have the power of the Holy Spirit. But here, the power of the Holy Spirit wasn't coming to them for like 10 days. And I wonder in those 10 days if they were thinking, when in the world is this going to happen? I mean, like, this has been nine days. Now it's 10 days. Let's just give up and go do our own thing because we know about Jesus. Let's go tell people. But Jesus says, wait. Wait until you've been clothed with power that's on high. So our our second point today is that Jesus' followers are commissioned with his power as they receive his spirit. So let's receive his spirit. He, his spirit empowers us. His spirit leads us. His spirit is not, his spirit doesn't just come to us right away and we're like, okay, we got it all figured out. No, there's some waiting that's involved, especially when there's conflict, especially when there's dilemmas, especially when there's trials in our life and we think, okay, let's just figure it out. Let's move on to the next thing. No. We need to wait and receive what the Holy Spirit is empowering us to do, what He's leading us to do. A few months ago, we started a, an outreach team. It's, it's led by Rich Schrock. And one of the, the first goals, even though we had all these ideas, okay, we could support these missionaries, we could do this, we could have these ideas. Well, what we decided to do was to wait, be prayerful, and to say, God, you empower us. You lead us. You show us where we can be a witness for you. You show us how we can use the resources you've blessed this church with to, to give and to help people in your name. And so let's, let's go ahead and wait. That sounds fun, doesn't it? Wait. And in that process, it sometimes has been, it's a little hard. It's like, well, but we have this money and we have these different things. Let's, let's go ahead and do it. Do, do, do. But, I, but I've seen, and we've all seen, the blessing in that waiting and being led by the Spirit of God to different, different avenues. And we're going to keep doing that. We're, now, it doesn't mean we're going to wait all the time, but we are going to constantly ask the Spirit 
Show us, empower us, lead us. And that's what we all need to be doing. As Christians, we say, Jesus, let your spirit empower us, lead us, show us what, where you want us to minister, where you want us to help people. Where do we need to give someone a hug if we're allowed to do that? You know, where can we help people? And so this idea, this power that comes, I mean, Jesus talked about it a lot of times, this power. But in Romans, he talks, uh, Paul talks about, in Romans 8, talking about how the Spirit is in fact the Spirit of God who dwells in you, in believers, that, that God, His Spirit, the Spirit of Christ, dwells in us. And it says that if Christ is in you, Although the body is dead because of sin, the spirit of life, the spirit is life because of righteousness. The spirit, the spirit gives us life, and the spirit gives others life and fruit because of us being surrendered to his will. And so first we see that Jesus' followers are commissioned with power, with his power, as they First, as they are realizing or understanding the gospel, and then as they receive and embrace his spirit. And then we're going to see something here at the very end of the chapter, in verses 50 to 53. And it says, the subtitle in my Bible says, The Ascension of Jesus. And it says in verse 50, When he had led them out in the vicinity of Bethany, he lifted his hands and blessed them. That's good. Jesus blessing us, blessing the, those people. That's always good, being blessed by Jesus. And notice what it says here in 51. And while he was blessing them, he was still blessing them when he did something else. He left them and was taken up into heaven. The last thing that Jesus did while standing on this earth was to bless his followers. Jesus blesses us. He blesses us, and he's blessing us with his spirit too. He wants us to feel empowered to go in his name and preach and teach and baptize and make disciples. It says then, as he was going to heaven, he, he was blessing them. He was ascending. And then it says their response here in in 52. And then they, these are the followers, these are the disciples. This is their response. They were sad and crying because Jesus left. What? That's not what it says? What translation do you have? They were sad and crying. No. It says, I mean, if Jesus left, wouldn't you be sad and crying? When you be like, oh, but, but we need you. <laughs> you you're here. You, you're the proof that you're alive. Look, go around and show people your hands. Look, show people that you're alive, that it's not just us telling people. We need you. Stay here. But Jesus left. And their response was not crying and sadness, but it says that they worshiped him. And they returned to Jerusalem with great joy. What were they supposed to do? They were supposed to go into the city of Jerusalem and they were supposed to stay together and wait. 
But they didn't say it was... They, didn't, they weren't crying about Jesus leaving and, and saying, when are we going to get to find out the Holy Spirit? When is he coming? What is this gift? No, they weren't complaining. They had joy. They were excited. Jesus just left. That sounds bad. <laughs> but they had joy. And it says in the last verse of the Gospel of Luke, that they stayed continually at the temple praising God. They stayed continually praising God. So here we have Jesus leaving, blessing and leaving, and the people responding with joy. And that's our third point today, is that Jesus' followers are commissioned with power, with Jesus' power, and as they respond with joy. They responded with joy and worship, and praising, and staying together, and being excited for what God is doing. Not that Jesus left, but that what God is doing. He just blessed them. By the way, this Thursday is the day that we recognize Ascension Day, when Jesus ascended back to heaven. And Jesus ascended back to heaven, blessing, If you think about that on Thursday, remember it wasn't just that Jesus left, but he blessed his followers. He's blessing all of us. What does it say he's doing in heaven right now? He's interceding. He didn't just go because he wants to have a better time in heaven. He went so that he would give us power to do his mission, and he was going to be praying for us. That's pretty cool. (laughs) Can I get an amen? All right. (laughs) That's pretty cool. Jesus is praying for us to do his mission here. He could have said, I'll just stay here and do it all myself. Oh, you guys can help me a little bit. Pass out some, you guys can be collecting the bread and 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 the fish when I multiply it for everybody. No, no, he wants us to go do it. He gives us power to do those things. Power in the name of Jesus. Power from on high. He says that we will be clothed with power from on high. Clothed, that means we're like putting on clothes. That means we're put, like the power of, of God, the power of his spirit is like clothing us. It's like completely, we're like, when people see us, they see Jesus. Amen. There you go. And so this results in joy. Most people, most people, if they really think about it, what makes Christians different than other people? It's joy. Even when we have hard times, even when people are sick and dying, even when there's chaos around us, we have joy. Now, that's not the same as happiness. We have a joy in Christ. And so, with the Spirit of God, we have joy because we know where we're going and we know what the mission of God is. Loving people, loving God. And going and telling people, seeking and saving the lost, just like Jesus did, seeking and saving the lost. Because the salvation is for all people that believe, all people that come to Jesus. And so Jesus opens their minds, opens our minds to understand the gospel, to, re- to receive the Spirit. And then he gives us that joy. And so let's, as our, as our 
main idea today, let's carry out God's mission by the power of His Spirit, not by ourselves. We could say, hey, let's get out and do all these things in the name of Jesus. And a lot of those things are good. But let's not do it without the power that we've been enclosed with from on high. He gives us clothes. Let's have a relationship with Jesus and let His Spirit receive His Spirit so we can have that power to go do things in His name that are great. And, and then the mission is to reach people with the good news of salvation. And this mission, the success of this mission, is our commission. It's not on us to have the success. It's on us to go out and do it. The success is on Jesus. It's, so let's, let's be praying. Let's be asking the Spirit, show us what to do. Show us how to help people. Show us how to bless people. To do things in your name, by your Spirit, the power of your Spirit. So let's rely on the God's Spirit and on His power that He gives to share the gospel and to make disciples of all nations. So let's understand the gospel, let's, that receive that power that God has given us, that Jesus is giving us, that He would open up our minds that we are in the Scriptures, that we don't neglect this. Let's be in the Bible, understanding. So, so we have this relationship with, with the Spirit of Christ, and He's going to show us His truth when we read this. And then we're going to receive His Spirit and His power. And that even though sometimes it means we wait, sometimes it means it takes too long for the Spirit of God to do something, but we need to wait. Sometimes it just means listen to people. Sometimes it just means quiet your hearts and be ready to speak whatever God wants you to speak. But be praying. Be praying for God's Spirit to lead you with what to say and how we respond with joy. And that's what people see in us. They see the joy of Christ and that's what they see is the good news. How can this person have joy? How can this person respond like this? It's not fake. It's, it's the joy of the Spirit of God. And so, we're commissioned with this power if you are a follower of Jesus. You're commissioned to have this power that gives, the Holy Spirit gives the power to understand the gospel. He gives all believers this gift not something you can buy. I know in, in Acts, one person was trying to buy this gift, buy this, this power of the Holy Spirit. No, it's not for sale. It's a gift. And He is with us. He indwells with us. And the joy in Christ is our response to trusting and obeying Him. It's our response as we worship Jesus alone. So let's carry out God's mission by receiving the Spirit and let's be leading and letting, being empowered by Him as we work on this mission with Him. Now, on the bottom of your bulletin, you have a question that I'd like you just to, to think about for a moment. This week, how can... I be open to the Holy Spirit's empowering to share the gospel. And 
kind of as we do that at the same time, or you can do that later, we also have our third installment of our mini-survey, our little survey that has two questions. And those two questions are, and this is for us as, a, as elders to try to understand where our heart is for reaching people. And so as we're kind of answering all these questions, the first one's a personal, you take it home to yourself, but be, really be praying through it. These next two questions, these are the survey questions, it's on a separate sheet in your bulletin. And these two questions are, we, we really want you to pray through these for a few minutes and give us your responses. Do you know what your spiritual gifts are and how are you using them? And if you're not sure about some of that, I, come talk to me or, or there's some different material I can show you or you can look up spiritual gifts. There's different places in the New Testament about spiritual gifts. But like how, if you know what they are, how are you using them? And secondly, in what direction do you sense the Holy Spirit's leading and empowering of this congregation, this people of East Bend? And so if you can take a few minutes, uh, answer these questions, and then please turn them in in the blue box in the back or bring them back next week or email them if you're, if you're watching online. So take a few minutes. Again, please, um, if you're not finished, please take them home this week and bring them back next week or another, t- another time. Um, we do really, as, as elders, value your feedback and how we look at uh, this coming year. And uh, I know it's just setting what, what is our goals and vision and what do we, what do we want to, we want to hear from you guys. So please give us your feedback. And there'll be a couple more of these, just <laughs> so you know. Um, but thank you for doing that. I know it takes a few minutes of time to do that. Well, let's pray. Lord, we thank you that you, your spirit empowers us to lead. God, I thank you for the gift that you've given us. This gift that even though you are no longer with us physically in person here on earth, Thank you for sending your spirit to empower us, and, and not just to empower us, but so we would have that relationship and that, that your spirit could bring to mind your truth of, the, of your Bible, of, the, of your word. That, that God, your spirit would show us how to help people, how to pray for people, how to think the way that you want us to. And so, God, I just pray that we would be people that follow you with all our hearts. And that your, your spirit would, would help us to understand your truth of the gospel. And that we would receive your spirit as a gift and be thankful and be intentional in, in asking your spirit to lead and guide and empower us and having patience to wait. And that we would respond with joy. We would respond in any situation, even if it's hard, with the joy that only comes from you. God, we thank you for giving us your Son and for leaving your Spirit until the work on earth is done. Amen.